Very exciting podcast today. Jeffrey Berwin, who you may have heard in a previous podcast, is a foremost expert on how to build your story. Take the power of your own personal story, make it relatable, make it influential, and take your presentations to the next level. Jeffrey is an award-winning, once-upon-a-nation storytelling program director. So in Philadelphia, he's had over 2 million stories recorded to date. He works with folks all over the country, nonprofits, you know, entrepreneurs, speakers nationwide, and helps people take their business to the next level. Today, we're going to talk about storytelling, but the real nuts and bolts, and it's going to be a mini workshop. So get your pen and paper out. We're going to have a lot coming at you. It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insights, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Jeffrey, I am so excited to have you back. It's an honor to be back, Tom. We had a good time uh, last time, and I hope your listeners are getting some real thinking going about the power of storytelling for their business and their lives. You know, it's, it's changed my life so much, the things that you've taught me. Everything from, you know, meeting somebody just on an airplane and not sounding like every other person to, you know, networking meetings, face-to-face meetings, and even when I talk on stage using the stories that you helped me build. So today, we're going to actually help people figure out their own story right here on this podcast. And it's, I think it's going to be really valuable for a lot of folks that have been trying to figure out how to build your own story. So where do you start? What types of stories? Where should you be telling these stories? How could you help us here? You know what I find a lot of times, and it's understandable from my clients in the, in the first meeting I have, you'd be surprised, Tom. People will say to me, I don't have any stories. I don't, I don't have any stories to tell you. Or they may say, oh, you know, my stories aren't interesting. You know, my car didn't almost fall off a cliff or, you know, (laughs) I didn't have some gigantic mountaintop experience or I don't really. So the first thing, please write this down, is your stories count. Different stories will have different impacts. Yes, but it's your everyday stories. So you do have stories. We just want to identify them and try them out, see how they, they resonate. Our stories are really about the commonality, the common ground we all share with each other. We're all different in terms of where we live and what we do and our age and so forth, but we share common ground. And if we're real with each other, the common ground can be interesting about the achievements we have, but you know where it's really interesting is where we have messed up or where we have struggled or been challenged by something or had to overcome something in our way or had an epiphany of some kind. Those are the kind of stories that connect us to each other because the main thing you want to do is use strategic storytelling as a way to connect to your prospects, to your customers, to your audiences. So it's about connecting and figuring out what stories looking back in your life could you use depending on the circumstance. I totally agree. And it's not about how you relate the story as much as it is just being able to reach in and and be authentic with telling it. And it's amazing that it could be just a mundane, what you see as a mundane, you know, thing that happened in your life to something that is just a grand, you know, undertaking. So 
How do we start? So let's touch on an earlier question you had. What types of stories could you at least think about? So I would say the number one, I'm not talking about fiction. I'm not talking about myths and legends, and I'm not talking about children's stories. Stories, of course, are everywhere, right? But I'm talking about your own real-life stories as you look back on your life. So you have your stories, and some could be, you know, everyday, commonplace things. Some could be humorous. But the ones you want to be armed with is sort of, uh, there's a number, number of names for the same type of story. Some people call it a signature story. A signature story is a kind of story you are asked to tell again and again and again. And it usually has a predictable result. But it, developing your origin story is what I call it, or perhaps your why I do what I do story. That's the core one to tell. If you're in business and you have a real passion for your business and people are coming to you like they are with you, Tom, for advice, great advice, they not only want advice, they also want encouragement. They want to be inspired. They want to think that, wow, this guy loves this. He feels this can change the world. Franchises and small business, this has the power to change lives. And when Tom, when you tell that kind of story and how you first got into it, and how you had to overcome things or figure out things, that's your origin story. Second yeah. kinds of stories in terms of your stories, common everyday stuff to do with relationships, kids, wives or husbands, bosses, colleagues, your dog. These are the everyday things that could connect you to people. And even if it just causes a laugh, that's okay. I believe in today's society, you know, Every generation is labeling itself, in a sense, as anxiety, the anxiety generation. Certainly millennials are. And people are anxious. If you can get a laugh, like you and I, Tom, always have a laugh when we're talking, even when we're talking business. Maybe we're sharing something we did that was ridiculous and absurd. Those stories have power. And related to that, the stories that have power is when you say, you know what, I know I'm successful now, but boy, there was a time where I was, and one of my clients just came up with this line yesterday, when I was living out of my change jar, I'm like, oh, one, <laughs> and by the way, that's a one line story, right? One line. There was a time in my life where I was living out of my change jar. Tom, didn't you already fill in the blanks? Right. It's Tom, amazing. We don't even know what he does. So you don't have to have the five to seven minute story that I like people crafting when they do a speech or whatever, or the shorter version of the same story for a radio interview or whatever. You could tell a story in one sentence that makes people go, oh, I want to hear more. Mm. So what's great about that picture of a change jar, it, it plants an image in the listener's brain. And remember, your ideal as you tell stories is you're just using descriptive language that plants images in the listener's brain. That's the science behind storytelling. You're triggering our imagination. So anyway, mm -hmm. what other kind of stories you can use? I would say other people's stories, especially if you've been in business for a while and you have some success stories of customers. Those are sometimes called case study stories. You want to be able to tell those stories of how those people you've helped have experienced their own transformation. That's the main thing here, by the way. There's a difference between what I would say is an anecdote and a story of transformation. An anecdote is, Tom, this crazy thing happened to me on the way to work, you know, a deer came across my headlights carrying a Starbucks cup. And I'm like, what? That's, that's fine, but it's not, it's, a, it's not a story of transformation. Right. So, case study stories. Now, you could also use stories of people you've not helped but are simply well-known because there's mm -hmm. a purpose. Now, in all cases, 
you're thinking about your stories, but what is the point of a story you could use? What is the need you have? Is it to teach something? Is it to make the connection emotionally with your prospect? What's the point of the story? And sometimes before you actually tell a story, you don't want the listener to wonder, why am I hearing the story? What you do is just frame the story with one line. It's like, you know what? Let me tell you the story of how I got started in this business. All right, now there, the listener's like, okay, got it. Or, you know, you're teaching a certain technique and you're like, let me tell you a story to give you an example of that. And then you tell the story. So other people's stories who maybe you never knew, but they're inspiring and they're well-known. I love this one, Tom, cautionary tales, cautionary tales, kinds of stories. Don't do this because disaster might happen. And of course, that kind of story positions you as the expert. Hmm. That's what I love to do with my clients is just my own personal experience is like, hey, if you're going to, you know, as an example, you're going to go start looking for real estate for your franchise that you didn't buy yet. You know, you're going to be flushed out. And so when I was in my smoothie franchise, everybody wanted to get into Yankee Stadium, which I had the connection for. But I said, buy the franchise and I'll get you Yankee Stadium. And a lot of people would go around my back and they would call Yankee Stadium and they would call this guy who's the head of food and beverage back in the day. His name was Jamie. And Jamie had been there for 40 years. He started as a popcorn sales kid. And then now he's running Yankee Stadium. He literally had a World Series ring, a Yankees World Series ring, because he had been there for so many years. And they would call him and, and they would say, oh, I got this great fresh product. And this is going to change the way people eat at Yankee Stadium. And, and he would say, well, you know what? you know, very brash and New York guy, right, from the Bronx, he would say, if you were a former alcoholic who's a vegetarian, when you come to Yankee Stadium, you're going to have a beer and a hot dog anyway. (laughs) And he would chew these people out and chew them up and spit them out. (laughs) And they would would go away and I would never hear from them. And then one day a guy came to me and and he said, yeah, I want to buy the franchise. I'd like to get into Yankee Stadium. I said, buy the franchise. I'll get you into Yankee Stadium. He bought the franchise. And on opening day, he was at gate four selling smoothies. The thing is, you don't know what you don't know when you're talking to these, you know, that's what I'm here for as the franchisor, right? So that's the kind of stories. It's not a big deal. It's not a transformation per se, but it's a cautionary tale, as you said. Exactly. So if you had to say in one sentence, what's the teaching point that that story illustrates? In one sentence, it's the franchisor has the connections. You... I want to say more than one sentence. You take two sentences. It's okay. Yeah, it's it's really, you know, the franchise leads the way. You don't have to worry about it. You're buying a franchise because it's it's almost like a like a parent or or a, a rich uncle who's helping you. And to flip that, what would you say if you were if I was having a consultation with you and I'm, you know, one of your customers, your customers, Tom, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Tom, what's the number one mistake I want to avoid when pitching like a big stadium, mm-hmm. what would you say is the number one mistake I should avoid? The number one mistake is is assuming that they want the product that you're selling. And then you would pause and say, let me tell you a story about that. Right. So now you got both going on. You have the teaching point, which is your expertise, is what people are paying you to tell them. And you're making it come alive through the power of storytelling, planting images, so when Tom and you said he was at gate four selling smoothies, my imaginative visual brain remembered that. See, most people, unless you're a super analytical type, accountant, engineer, scientist, 
But most of us do not remember statistics, right. most of us. Right. What we do remember is images implanted in storytelling, which you just did so well. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And, and you could even make it more flowery to really set the tone, you know, if, if you wanted to think about it in the old Yankee Stadium, the hallways, you know, were dark and dank and, you know, exactly. and, and you would go in there when there was nobody else there for a meeting and, and you're going to meet this guy, Jamie, who's like the kingmaker, you know, and so. Right. So what you want to do is craft your stories. You want to think about what's the teaching point and you want to write it down. I, I'm a big believer in scripting out your story. I'm not saying you have to memorize it, but the big danger, let me give a cautionary right off the bat is unless you really think out your story and structure it and script it out even and get feedback from somebody like myself or some, you know, somebody else, you're going to ramble. It's going to go on and on and on. Yeah. And that's a mistake. That's true. The other thing I want you all to avoid is of this is my pet peeve. You could disagree with me. I can't stand when people say to make a long story short, I just, I go insane <laughs> because what it does is it's it, it, it injects an artificial element in the story. So the story is dissipated while you say that. Plus it's already gone on too long. If you've had to say that. Right. So, <laughs> so don't say, make a long story short. Oh. It's a pet peeve. Anyway, a lot of so, people, a lot of people in my family tell me that I'm the king of making a long story longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they just, you just say, I'm spreading the love, That's you it. know, it's just the way it is. <laughs> so the next thing I would really love your listeners to do is so remember just to recap your stories matter. However, your stories will have the variety of stories you could use. They're always connected to a reason you're using them, a teaching point or to make an emotional connection. So you're, you're and you're, therefore you have stories of different flavors and impact. Mm -hmm. The way you begin identifying the stories is I like people creating a timeline. Let me explain what that could look like. You could just get that piece of paper and start that now. Yeah. You could simply write down, look back on your life, take a little time. And let this be a celebration, by the way, an appreciation. You know, we live in a society. Can I get on my soapbox for 10 seconds? Yes. We get on a, in a society. It's like, move, 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 quick, quick, quick. Let's not think. Let's not look back. You know, can we just pause and realize you've lived your life? You know, all of your listeners, your lives matter. Your lives count. Your stories make up your life. Mm -hmm. And so taking some meditative time, whether in prayer, meditation, long walk, Talk to your dog about it, but just look back and think about the key events in your life. Write that down. Pivotal or key or memorable events, both personal and professional. Doesn't matter. Why don't you look back and just make a list. And it could be rough. One line. The time when, just even start it with that. The time when, fill in the blank. Something you would say is a pivotal point in your life and put a rough date next to it. It's one line already that signifies there's a story that could be developed. What you could do is take out a piece of paper on the left, just put down story idea, one sentence. Start each of that list with the time when, and just fill in the blank. Next to that, you could, on the same line, just write down as the heading of this column, point to the story, how you might use it as a teaching point or whatever. Mm -hmm. So for example, just an example, when the time when, let's say you're a parenting expert, the time when I found a new approach to dealing with my own difficult teenager. 
what would be the teaching point? You could use that for your presentations. Well, sometimes you have to step outside the box to achieve success. I just was doodling, whatever. But yeah. what's, you have these events in your life and you create a timeline. So first step, just make a list. Then what you could do is just take out another piece of paper, turn it on its side so it's landscape, and right in the middle, just draw a horizontal line across the whole piece of paper. The far left is birth, your birth. The far right edge of the paper is right now. And transfer your key events onto your own timeline. If you want to, uh, on one, like the upper part of the timeline, you could put career. Below the timeline, you could give a personal if that helps you organize it. And just start signifying your key events. That alone is getting you in the game. Do that. What you want to do then in order to lead this to you identifying your most important stories to tell that you could string together for your origin story is circle the key events that you've identified that led to the work you're doing now. Mm -hmm. It can be personal or professional. Like for me, you know, as a storytelling TEDx coach and all the things I'm doing now, publicity expert, it didn't, I did, that didn't come out of anywhere. I couldn't say that expert statement for much of my life. I had to stumble into things. You know, and there was a point in my life in my late 40s, I'm 63 now, where I was closing my family businesses. I was an art history major, Tom. What are you going to do with an art history major? <laughs> Nothing. I can appreciate paintings, but I'm not paid for that. Right. And, I, and I, was, I was, you know, I remember sitting at a traffic light, a rainy day, and looking gloomily through my windshield of my car. I'm thinking, you know, I feel inside the way the day looks outside. But then I glanced at this abandoned bank building in a little suburb outside Philadelphia, and maybe it was a divine inspiration, but I said, you know, that could be a performing arts center because I was brought up in the arts. Mm. And that was a pivotal point in my life. If I hadn't had that aha, and if I hadn't moved on the aha, that was a pivotal point in my life where I reinvented myself. So when I develop that story and I'm in front of entrepreneurs, all of whom are trying to reinvent their lives and are feeling hopeless and are looking through those gloomy, rain-filled windshields of their lives, and I tell that story, do you think they're engaged? Yeah, they're super engaged. Right, right. Love it. Because I see you sitting at the, the traffic light and the rain, and, you know, I could just imagine in my mind's eye, you know, what you were looking at. It's so, so descriptive, but it took really all of, like, 30 seconds to tell the actual story. Right. Remember, you said some of the flowery, I, I would say descriptive, just like you said, those dank hallways. These are the things that this, using the senses in how you're describing things brings us back to our most primal selves. You know, the oldest part of our humanity is we've been outside, you know, smells and sights and the sounds and dialogue and that, yeah, the windshield and looking through the rain and the windshield wipers. This is all how our brains are wired. Yep. And then you do this combined with your expertise, delivering the analytical stuff that you're expected to in the advice. Now you're an amazing communicator. You want to say to yourselves as, as professionals that I will become a very good storyteller. You may have heard me last time you say story sharer mm -hmm. as, a, as an essential part of how I will grow my business. I will figure out how to do this because it makes connections, fires people up and illustrates my ideas. And frankly, you know, people love it. They get, you know, people love hearing stories. They connect yeah, to them. They so do. And I hear it all the time, even in my own business. People come back to me months later or years later and say, I remember that, you know, this happened to me. And I was thinking the time you told me that story about blah, blah, blah. And, and it, 
you know, first couple of times somebody said that to me, I was just like blown away, just amazed. Yeah. But it's so powerful. I wanted to get to something that I think is really, really pivotal in what you teach is really what, what do you call the victory story or the story of transformation and how you jot that down on a, on a piece of paper. Can you kind of share that with us? Yeah, I want to walk you through that. Thank you. So get out a piece of paper and turn it on to its side. We're going to draw something. Don't draw it yet. I want to describe it to you. We're basically going to draw a V, V as in victory, with horizontal arms on either end. But the right-hand part of the V will be a little higher than the left-hand part. Tom, make sure you ask me why that is in case I forget. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so what we're going to do is that you have a blank piece of paper in front of you. This is what a story of transformation looks like in a simple way. The far left edge of the paper, halfway up, take out your pen or pencil and draw a horizontal line just about a third of the way into the right. So far left edge of the paper, third of the way in horizontal line. Now we're going to do a V. But remember, the right-hand part of the V will be higher than the left-hand part. So now let's go down for the left-hand part of the V. Then let's go back up a little higher and then do a horizontal arm to the right edge of the paper and a little arrow sign at the very edge. Now let's label that. You with me so far? Yeah, this is great. And I'm going to put my diagram up on our website, thefranchiseacademy.com, if anybody wants to see what this actually looks like. So go ahead, keep going. So now let's label it. Remember, this is a story of transformation is about you or somebody you helped have gone through struggles and come out the other end. That's what transformation is. Roadblocks and then epiphanies, and then here you are now. So on the far left edge that's horizontal, just label that background or context. Mm -hmm. We need to set the stage for the transformation and the str struggles and then the transformation that's about to happen. It could be as simple as all my life, I wanted to make people happy by uh, serving them smoothies, or whatever it is, whatever it is. You could set right, a background right, right. statement about your upbringing. It all serves a purpose, but we need to establish context, okay? Now, where the V just begins on the left, right before, right as it begins to go down, circle that, that little turn to the right going down, circle that and label that scene one, S-C-E-N-E, -E, just like a scene in a movie, because that's exactly what it is. Now we'll label things in a second. At the bottom of the V, circle that and label that scene two. And the top of the V where it goes off to the right, Label that scene three. Now let's detail that. Scene one, it's a great phrase that Hollywood screenwriters use. If you think about any TV show, any movie, frankly, any novel, any, almost everything, something ignites the story, right? Something gets it going. Hollywood calls it the inciting incident. The inciting mm -hmm. incident. I say it's ignition. Something happens which begins, notice where we are in the V, things go downhill. Hmm. All right. Something happens where, right? So you're going downhill. Scene two is the big turnaround. It's the darkest hour leading immediately to some sort of epiphany, turnaround, pivot point, you name it, whatever you want to call it, but it's the darkest hour. Yep. Now, some people have very severe stories where they almost decided to take their life, but something stopped them. That's scene two but it doesn't have to be that dark. It could be simply you come up against a roadblock and everything stops. 
I had this dream. Things got in the way. I almost gave up. But then a friend of mine had me come over his house and we had this long talk and he simply said to me, I believe in you. You can do mm-hmm. anything. Just take action. Can I interrupt with, with a story Please. and just interject yeah. something? So, you know, in some cases, yes, it's going to be dark for some people. I've heard a great phrase, you know, your mess is your message. It's, it's that most dire thing that you're afraid to tell people things that you might have kept secret your whole entire life. It could be a really crazy, bad incident of molestation or, or just something crazy, really, really heart-wrenching. But it doesn't need to be that. So I have a friend, a former client who's now a friend, who uh, bought a franchise. But he told a story to me when we first met on the phone that I remember to this day. And it, and it's, it fills this. And I don't know if he knew what he was doing. But so this guy... They call him Skinny Vinny now, and he out when he got married, he had a great life. Everything was going great. He was like a you know a financial you know guru, doing really well. Meets this girl, and they fall in love and get married. They're on a, their honeymoon, and they decide to go horseback riding. And at that point, he weighed, he said, about three hundred pounds, and the stable hand would not let him go on the horse. He was too heavy. And you can sense, you know, the embarrassment that that would be for somebody, especially on their honeymoon. He decided in that moment, this is the bottom of the V, I'm going to change this. I'm going to go on a diet and I'm going to start running. And he starts to get into this whole lifestyle. He gets up to the top of the V, which is a little bit higher. So now we're in scene three. He went from 300 pounds to 180 pounds. He was running like crazy. Now he literally coaches people to run the New York City Marathon. He's been doing it for about 10 years. Now he helps people change their lives through running. And that's not, it's not his business. He doesn't get paid to do it. It's a love that he has, a passion that he has because he changed his life. And that's kind of how we ride into the sunset on scene three. The clients I've helped is what I think you would call it. Exactly right. And to plus that, what you would do, especially in scenes two and three, is give a little more visual details. Moments. See, if you want to maximize the technique, you have to bring the listener back to the specific moment, a place, and a time where they have that epiphany, where they mm-hmm. make that decision or they realize something. But you did the V arc formula perfectly. Exactly right. Scene three. Uh, let me let me label that for you. So scene three, you have the two choices. Depending, scene three could be you had this epiphany or decision in scene two, but you still need to put it into action. We need to see something happen. That's scene three. Mm-hmm. And what you want to do for Vinny's story is he look it little touches. Maybe he looks in the mirror one day and goes, oh, my God. Or it's just simple. Like I just painted a picture in one sentence. Doesn't be complicated, but take it to a moment. And the way you finished Vinny's story was perfect. You finished with a statement of your mission. And and the way, Tom, you did that is now what he does, et cetera, and the story finishes. So let's label that. The far right edge is realizing your mission to serve others. Whether it's in your business or your life, it doesn't matter. Same formula. So let's review. Scene one is the inciting incident begins the journey downhill to the darkest hour. Scene two, remember paint pictures, is it's really bad, major obstacle, major roadblock, 
and then something happens which begins just turning it around. Usually the word I realized, the word realized signals to the audience like something has happened for the better. Figures some stuff out and then scene three is he puts it into action for the first time and goes, oh, I think I'm a new person. Mm -hmm. Finishing with a statement of mission. Mission. Yeah. One thing I do want to add, Tom, to something you said earlier. I would partly agree that your me- your message your what, what your message. You, I would you, say your message. Your message. I, yeah. I think that's an incomplete statement from whoever says that. Here's mm-hmm. why. Based on my experience helping hundreds of clients, not always the message. It depending. It depends who the audience is. You've got to be selective and be thinking that storytelling is a shared experience. And it's not an excuse to cathart or get uh, all your toxic stuff out of your system because a certain audience is in front of you. It's got to be where do they resonate with you? It's that connecting. So your mess can be your message, maybe a better thing. Maybe messes, but it depends on the audience. Where are they struggling? And you bring your stories forward to help them where they are struggling. I can't emphasize that enough. Absolutely. If you're doing a story that is, you know, I was, uh, you know, sexually molested as a kid and, you know, whatever, if it's like that heavy, <laughs> you, don't, you know, you're not doing that in a business call, exactly. you know, yeah, but exactly. you might be doing that as from stage if you, if you were a motivational speaker. Exactly. So I just wanted, it is obvious, but I wanted to state it because I see some people, some people I've worked with even, they let people know too many graphic details. It's too painful to hear. And sometimes it's simply enough as like there's a time in my life where I'm living out of my change jar. Got it. Right. Got it. It's I, all the pain I need to figure out. I've already gotten it. Um, yeah. So it depends. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's good. You know, sometimes, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, Quentin Tarantino, who's a great storyteller, you know, in Pulp Fiction, he started the movie like somewhere in, like in the middle and, and started at the bottom of the V and then told the story around it. You saw that in in the movie Fight Club, if you ever read yep. that book or saw that movie. Yeah. And and that, you know, part of that is fascinating. But if, you know, you're not doing that in a business setting. But if you, again, if you're on stage and, and you start with, you know, something like when I was younger, I quit college and joined a motorcycle gang. That grabs everybody, right? Right, like, away. <laughs> right away. Well, that's a great and point. Then, start the story with a hook. Set the yep. stage why I'm hearing the story, then start with a hook. The time in my life where right. I quit college and joined a motorcycle gang, they can't wait to hear the rest of the story. Right. You talk about hook all the time. Yeah. That's great. So this, this is really unbelievable. I just love what we're doing here. Would you be able to come back and do like another teaching lesson on this stuff? Oh, I'd be, I'd be honored to. In fact, I'd be interested. I would love to. Thank you. The answer is yes. And if any of your listeners have a specific thing they want to hear more from me about, let me know. Absolutely. And tell people how they could get in touch with you before we uh, wrap this up. Sure. It's uh, to spell my name. It's Jeffrey spelled with a G. So it's G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y. G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y at rtir.com rtir.com that's my work email address i work with steve harrison's company and we teach people how to be better speakers better authors uh, create online programs do cool stuff so really great stuff i can't really express how it has changed my life so anybody out there if you want to talk to me about it i could tell you what i've learned through that program and We'll be listening out 
in a couple of weeks, we're going to have something, uh, another podcast with Steve Harrison himself, talking about what they're doing with their business and helping people with marketing and PR. So, Jeffrey, it was just great. Any last, you know, words of guidance or advice? Well, just a, uh, something. Sometimes you ask me, what am I excited about? And I stumbled on whether you are uh, you believe or whatever you are in your faith. But I just stumbled on Netflix, a documentary. I just loved it. It's Billy Graham, an extraordinary journey. And I'm like, wow, it was a wow. Really? I love that. And because uh, I think our wherever we are spiritually is an important part of our business. And yep. uh, so I, I definitely uh, just would recommend that if you're so inclined. Yeah. And, it, and it's, you know, any of those kind of biographies, I think, are fantastic. So good. Yeah, so check that out. I'm going to check that out this weekend for sure. I know Gina would love that. Well, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I look forward to chapter three of this. Absolutely. We're going to keep it going. I don't think there's anything more important in business right now than telling good, authentic stories to hook your clients. I agree. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jeffrey. Have a great one. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.